0: It will appeal to us to be preaching the gospel. We owe it to Jesus and to everybody to preach the gospel. This week I'm not so happy. My wife had three salvation. I have nothing. She has three in this week, and I have zero. So she beat me to it. Three one next week, it will be six three. We should. I'm begging us. The world is going to hell, except the church does something. Except you do something. There's nobody else who can do something. You should preach the gospel. You should pray for this world. A lot of evil is happening. Destructions everywhere. Everywhere. You can't close your eyes to these things if you have the love of God in you. Please, let's preach the gospel. Can I hear amen? So I'm talking about... uh, Walking out your salvation Part for Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There is somebody listening to me. You have a relation. The Lord has been talking you to preach the gospel to her. She's a woman. And as I was talking, she reminded you, he reminded you of that. Please don't miss it this week. If it's, if it's phone call, if it's text, do what the Lord. He said, Been tugging you in your heart. Because that person doesn't have too much, too many days to live. And if you should pray, you should pray. It's your relation. Don't know why it is. So he says, Philippians two twelve. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we see that we've been saying that he didn't say to work for your salvation. That's not what he said. He said to work it out. It's there. You make it work. So we're looking at the book of Proverbs where we have instructions that will help us see how we work out our salvation. Now, many people think that if I find an anointed person, then I have it made. It's as wrong as it gets. I've been saying this here. That's why people don't care to study the Bible. They don't care for Bibles. You are a member of the church. You say, this is your pastor. You will listen to it. Bible studies, you don't care. Prayers, you don't care. Men's ministry, you don't care. Women's ministry, you don't care. And you are you a member of the church? Are you telling God this? Are you talking to yourself? Think you can deceive God? You're a member of the church. When I go to Costco, I run into people. First thing they, ah, my pastor, see my pastor. I don't even know them. If I'm your pastor, I should be be your shepherd. You should listen to me. God is not confused when he appoints people. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. He was asking me this question. He said, those people in your church who don't even care about the Bible studies, are they really members of your church? And they will answer to me. Because I'm the head of the church. You can't mock God. So people think if I find another person, then I have it made. It's wrong. It's as wrong as it gets. You don't have nothing made. You have to work out the promises of God. You have to work out the power of God in your life. You just have to. And nobody can do it for you. There's what they call primary assignment and secondary assignment and tertiary assignment. Primary assignment is what nobody can do for you. You just have to do them. You can assign secondary assignment, but you can't assign prim- primary assignment. Nobody will do it for you. You have to learn to work it out yourself. So let me show us an example. You know Jesus when he was here, people thought that Jesus would wake up everyone and be doing miracles, but it's not true. Absolutely not true. His main ministry was teaching. Number one, and preaching. Number two, the miracles to those who believe what he did. That's why they were calling him teacher, good teacher. They, knew, they saw him as a teacher, and the Bible says his man is going to the synagogue and start teaching them. Because they have to believe what he's teaching so that the miracles will come to them. It's the same pattern till today. The same pattern till today, till this moment. So look at Luke chapter 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was what? I am not looking. It came to pass on a certain day as he was what? Teaching. That's what it does. Because faith comes by hearing. It was teaching that there were, who was there? Pharisees. And who? Doctors of the Lord sitting by. Which were come out of every town of Galilee. And Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to do what? Heal them. God's, God's power was there. Like now, so I'm talking as I'm preaching. The power of God is there. Anywhere you are preaching Jesus, the power of God is present to heal you if you take the word. Anywhere, whether you're, whether you're family meeting, where, wherever you are preaching Christ Jesus, the spirit of God is there to confirm who he is. It's always there. The power of God was there to heal them. To heal them. Were they healed? I'm asking in Ezra's. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with the a palsy. They brought somebody from somewhere. These people sitting there, God knew they, they did healing. And the power was there to heal them. But they were teachers of the law, they were Pharisees, they were these big guys. And they were not interested in what he was preaching to them. Like many of you sit here, you're not interested. Yeah. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man, which was taken with a palsy, And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. This was a crowd. Not one single person was healed here. Verse 19. And they, when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, the power of God was present, that in the presence of the power doesn't make it work for you, I'm telling you the truth. He was there to heal them, not one yet. It says, and when they could not find what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the half-stop and let him down through the tiles with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 9:20. And when he saw what? That's what he's looking for. Who has believed? our report. So that the arm of the Lord will be what? Revealed. That's what he's looking for. And you can't believe the report. And they said to honor his word, open your ears and hear him. That's why he starts with teaching first. That's what he was doing. It's not magic. God says his word to heal, to deliver. He says his word to heal and to deliver. But this mentality of looking for an anointed man of the devil has used it to destroy a lot of people. Verse 20, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, did did the man pray? I'm talking to him. He didn't pray. He just saw his faith. He saw his faith. And then, and when he saw their faith, he said unto the man, thy sins are what? He said, "You have been healed already. You are healed. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven. You are healed. Faith is receiving. You have taken it." And verse twenty-one. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. See, they all they, 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 they by reasoning, began to reason, saying, "Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sin? But God alone." They thought religious. They put on their religious cap. Verse 22, But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? When God is speaking, you are reasoning. Using human reasoning. His wisdom is beyond your reasoning. For, he says it's far above your reason. Verse 23. Whether it's easier to say, to thy sins be what? Forgiven. Or to say, rise and he said, I've told him he's healed. I saw his faith, he's healed. He's healed. This man you are looking at is already what? Healed. What he didn't know, he didn't know it. I needed to tell him. And that's it. Okay, verse 24. But that you may know that the Son of Man had power upon earth to forgive sins. He says unto the sick and the poor, I said unto thee, do what? He didn't say, let me now pray for you. He said, look, you've been healed. All you need to do now is act like a healed person. Watch Jesus everywhere. This woman came with The, the, the woman was like, he said, stretch forth. Stretch forth your hand. You'll be asking them to act on their feet. Stretch forth your hand. Rise and walk. Take your bed and walk. They've never walked before. Take your bed and walk. That's what he told him. How do you tell somebody who was brought in a couch, he's never walked before, no therapy, nothing, and you say to him, Arise. Take up their couch. And what? That's the language you speak to somebody who is well. That's how Jesus, that's how God works. He calls those things that are not. Learn the ways of God. And he was the only one that was healed of all that multitude. The only one. Let's go to Mark chapter 6, verse 1. And he went out from things and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him, verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began again to do what? To teach. That's what he started to do. He began to teach. Is anybody more anointed than Jesus? No, because the Bible says he has the anointing without limits. Without limit. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. That's what he would do. Because you have to believe, you have to receive what he's telling you, receive that word for it to work for you. Let me tell us here, look up to me. The main way God works today is through his word. The primary way God will heal you, bring your blessings, do everything is through him. He doesn't joke with his word. He exalted it above his name. The primary way I didn't say the only way. Primary, primary, you sitting there in your toilet, in your car, Paul told them, he said, I commit you to God, and it is the word of his grace that will give you your blessings and make you grow, and make you strong. If you are looking outside the world, you're looking to look a long time, very long time, very, very long time. So you might, you might as well begin to get interested Hearing the word of God, studying it, learning it. So he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence had this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? They had what he was teaching. They said, this is great wisdom. You know, we do that. We applaud the word of God. Saying, Pastor, that teaching, I've had it all my life. That teaching was awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, pastor. Man was oh, so anointed. They praised him. <laughs> They've they, been doing this for a long time. They've been doing this a long time. From whence side, this man, this thing. And that, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him? What? That teaching was powerful, man. Did you hear that? Wow. 24 hours, he has forgotten all of it. And yet the Bible says, keep it in your view. Don't let it depart if you want it to work. It's forgotten all of it. It says, that even mighty works are wrought by his sons. Then, they said, is not this the carpenter? Is this not the son of Mary is he the only brother of James and Jesus and, Jude, and of Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? Who does he think he is? They switched. They were seeing him in the natural. Paul said we don't discern him anymore in the natural. He's not who you think he is. He is who God told you he is. Jesus said flesh and blood cannot reveal me to you. He's my father. They didn't have a revelation of him. He didn't. So he blocked them. It's not discapant. You know, Onyeka preached here one time. The Lord told him that we have lost such respect for him that even the name of Jesus has become something we use as incantation. They say we don't have respect for him. There's no, honor. we don't. This young boy was saying it here. See, there's the name of Jesus. Like you use a rabbit food. It's not. It's not medicine. It's God. Can I hear him? He's not medicine. It's not Babalao. He's God. Almighty. And so they said, verse four. But Jesus said unto them. I'm sitting here as a prophet of God. <laughs> Jesus was in all the five offices of the church. The Lord, my shepherd, he was a pastor. He was an apostle. He was a prophet. He said it. He was a prophet. He was a teacher. He was he was again. What, what's remaining? He, he was an evangelist. He was going and preaching the kingdom. So he, he said, I'm sitting here as a prophet of God, a mouthpiece of God. I'm the mouthpiece of God. You don't recognize who I am. And he said, a prophet is not without honor, but in, his, but in his own country, and among his own king, and in his own house. Five, and he could, can we read five together, please? And he could what? Yes. They do no mighty Save that he did what? Lay hands upon how many people? A few fools. Healed. How many is a few? What is the meaning of could not? Huh? It was not possible. He couldn't. Remember, he was anointed with that measure. But he couldn't. He wanted to. He so said, How do you know you wanted? Because he said only a few people received. Very few. He wanted to. They couldn't. Verse 6. Let's read 6 together. Put up 6. And he what? Marvelled. Why? Because of their unbelief. They didn't receive his word. But if you think, you know, you can sit there like anointing. Let the anointing work. It doesn't work like that. You have to work it out. You have to lay hold on eternal life. Lay, Lay hold on healing. Lay hold on the promises and make it yours. That's the way it works. It's only demonic spirits that work miracles without the word of God. Only demons. And I've, before I got saved, I saw it a lot. I've told you people that the man that told me that I'd be a pastor was a servant set that I didn't know. He said that I would preach abroad. He was the one that told somebody that I would marry my wife when I didn't even know my wife. I mean what I saw, it will stagger you. What I saw in that man. Everything he said was true. So I followed him like a buffoon, mumu. Until something said to me, This man is not of God. I wasn't even born again. God bless my father. Hi. He said, son, that man is not from God. I said, Papa. Ha! Can he not a prophet. Even he gave Kenichiku name. My father said, nobody should call that boy that name. It's demonic. It was later on that one of the members got saved at riches of Christ in on it. And the girl came and told the whole world where their power was coming from. And they said, if, the, if she thinks I'm a lion, let him sue me. And I was talking with one of our sisters in Nigeria. I called Chuka. I said, come on right here. He was telling me it's the same story. He said he was preaching the gospel. And then he was preaching the salon. And then the owner of the salon, one of the guys said, he said, you go and preach to the man who was his father. So he said, wait. Well, he, he, he gave him the name of the man. So when he got there, the man came and greeted Chuka came. I said, Chuka, come and right here. He said, the man came and greeted me. And I said, I came to preach Jesus to you. He said, I, I thought you came to take power now. He said, I'm going to heaven because how <laughs> many of them come I give them the power. If I'm giving them the power, why shouldn't I go to heaven? And the man was a Muslim. Two guys in this church, he would tell you people, he had it with his ears. And the Lord said to her, don't go there again. He said, I thought you came to take your own power. So don't you want a big church? He came to preach to me. He said, I'm going to heaven. If I'm giving them the power, why shouldn't I go to heaven? He said, as long as I don't kill anybody. I'm going to heaven. All that glitters, it's not good. It's not good. You need faith. In God's system is you have to believe to see. That's what Jesus said. He says, more blessings to what? Believe before. That's his way. There's a time that the Spirit of God can walk by the gifts of the Spirit, but it's not always. 80% of the miracles of Jesus were done through people's faith. Just few were done to demonstrate the reality of God. But after that, just very few. And the Bible said that just shall live by, by miracles, right? Live by what? Faith. Because that's the way you get everything. Acts 14, 7. And there they preached the gospel. See what they preached the gospel in verse 8. And there sat a man in Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple for, from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Verse 9. The same had Paul speak. This man had the same gospel here. It, it means that Paul was telling them that, that by the stripes of Jesus you've been healed now. Somebody must have told that man something he had that made him believe that he had been healed. Just like Jesus said to that man, you, you have been healed. Your faith has made you. So, so the same had Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had what? Faith to be healed. He said, when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus said, you can now, Act. You okay? So when Paul saw his faith, Paul said with a loud voice, Remember, he has never walked. Paul said with a loud voice, Do what? Stand upright now. You've been healed. Why are you sitting there? Stand what? Right. On thy feet. And he, what did he do? He didn't say, are you? That's what faith is. You don't need, listen, look up here. You don't need effort on the part of your will to, society, to manifest faith. You don't need that. It's not of human will. It's of human spirit. You don't need effort on the part of your will at all. It has nothing to do with your will. It has nothing to do with human wisdom. Faith is of your heart. So she, he wasn't saying, can I walk? Let me see. No, he leaped. Somebody has never walked. He what? Leaped. It wasn't an act of will. That's why people get confused about it. Then number two, we're talking about where to look, where you look, what this morning look and live. Where you look matters a lot. Let me give us an example. If you look at pornography, what happens to you? It begins to affect you. And if you look more and more, it takes over your life. That tells us that the gate, of, I, I gate is powerful. So where we look is very, very important. We should be careful where we look. If you look at sin, your life will be what? Sinful. I'm telling you now. Absolute truth. Let's look at how the scripture tells us to live our life. In Hebrew 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded By such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the life of faith, that's what they call it. The life of faith, let us strip off every way that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? How do we run this race? Verse 2 We do this now. By keeping our eyes on who? Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He is the one that initiates, perfects our faith. It's, it's him. So we run our race by looking at him. He said in the Old Testament, he said, the say, look unto me all you ends of uh, the earth and be saved. So we do this by looking unto Jesus. And they know when you look at him, then you can hear him. John 15, 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. His word cleanses our heart and prepares us to receive what God has for us. And we are transformed. We look unto him. It's the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Is the mystery of the Holy Spirit. You can't transform yourself. The Bible says, "Who make it to be different from the other?" Is it not who? Is it not? God? You can't transform yourself. Christianity is not that God God forgave you your sin so you become better. That's not Christianity. That's religion. Christianity is that God washed away your sin and took you and destroyed the old man and created you new and gave you the new life, which is the life of Jesus. It's not. It's not tinkering and making you better. That's that's junk. God didn't do anything like that. He took took all our sins, washed it away, destroyed it into oblivion and took you and created you new. You are a new which means you were not existing before. And all these things, begging God to forgive the sin of sinners. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone to Labor room. Is that labor room they call it? We call it maternity. I don't know what you call it. Labor room. Paul, you walk into a labor room and they say, Ah, Pastor Chinedu just had a new baby. I hear it in this country. The husband and wife had a baby. I don't know and I can't say that. So you say, Pastor Chinedu. And then you carry my new baby. You say, God, forgive his sins. People will look at you like you lost. He has no sin. Innocent. When you have a newborn baby in Christ, it has no sin. Can I hear amen? The Bible says, as newborn. Baby. So you're going to beg God to forgive them. You don't know what you're talking about. That person is born new, born of God. Born with the life of God. You have God, little truth. Can I hear amen? So we are transformed by looking at him seeing him in the world. 2 Corinthians three, eighteen. 18. we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, as we behold him, looking unto Jesus in the word, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Even the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit has opportunity to transform my life and your life into this life of Christ. As you behold his glory. His glory is his character. Authority. Listen, I don't think he's working. Okay. His, his character, his, his authority, his power. To tell of who he is. It's not, a, it's not one branch you know, trying to be good. No, it's also his authority, his power. Everything that displays his glory as God. So, It says, in 1 John 1, verse 1, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. So if we want to look unto Jesus, you look at the word of life. He's the word of life. You look at scripture. I had the testimony of a Jewish woman only yesterday. Was talking about how she became a Christian. He said, Jesus, he said, he walked into my room and healed me and I knew it was him. He didn't even say anything. He said he just walked in and touched me and healed me. And He said I was in a terrible situation. Doctors and everything couldn't do anything. He said he just walked in and healed me and walked up. And I, I knew he was Yeshua. And they asked, How did you know? He said, I just knew it was him. Ah, he, said, I knew. he said, and after that, I didn't, he said, I forgot everything. It after eight moons. An American missionary knocked on my door. See how God was. He said, I had as a Jewish family that lives here in Venezuela. And the woman said, yeah. He said, I came to talk to you about the Jewish Messiah. I said, please come, 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 come. So when the woman came in, he said, he now started lesson, he was sharing with him who Jesus is and how he came to die for our sins. And after I said, he came and healed me eight months ago. He said, now you need to give. He said, before he finished, I was on my knees, surrendering my life to Jesus. You know what that woman is doing today? He's preaching the gospel among Jews. He's the word, people. You see him. And he said, he said, I've been reading the Torah, and every verse, every time I read the Torah, I see Jesus. He said, I see him in the Old Testament all over the place. He said, but I never really gave my life to him. Every time I'm reading the Old Testament, He said every verse of that Old Testament, I will be seeing Jesus in it because it's the word of life. Can I hear amen? Amen. What you see is what you get. See how God taught Abraham faith by teaching him that what you see is what you get. It's what makes your reality. Genesis 13, 14. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see. As far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west, I am giving all this land, as far as you can see, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give us, give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. Our God says. As far as you see, it's yours. Do you know after this, Abraham, Abraham was struggling with trying to believe. Abraham didn't wake up to believe God. It was a process for him. See, all that he is, is waited wasn't because God was lagging. It was because God was training Abraham to actually believe what he told him. So the training started with this. He said, Abraham, come and see. Why? Abraham was not born again. So you have to teach him by sight. Nobody was born again until Jesus came. Nobody. Because you are born again. As many as believe, he hasn't come. You can't believe him to have eternal life. He hasn't come. So God was teaching Abraham with sight. As far as you can see. But you can also see with your spiritual eye. So now, in Genesis 15, Abraham was struggling. So sometime later, the Lord came to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham. You are still afraid. Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. And Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? He didn't believe God anything. Since you have given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit my way. Don't bother yourself, God. You've tried. I'm getting old. This is not going to work. Let Eliezer now inherit everything. You really tried your best. I'm not against you. I'm not mad. But you've tried. Verse 3. So you have given me no descendants of my own, so, one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look. sent <laughs> same training. Look. God took him and said, you're struggling. Come and also do what? Look. What training him. What you see is the picture you have. It's what you believe. It's what you have. So God said to him, look. Now, a different look. He said, then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, look up into the sky. Count what? Count what? Stars, if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Let's read verse 6 together. What happened after that? And Abraham believed God. And the Lord can him as righteous because of his faith. That's what I was teaching in Galatia. If you're listening to that teaching in Galatia, chapter 3, you will hear this. That when you're singing, Abraham blessings are mine. do you know what that blessing is? How many of you know what it is? Only one person. Two. You were there. Don't put that out. Many of you didn't listen to that teaching. Many of you didn't. You think you know more than God? God knows the course your life is going, and the information He's giving you is for your own good. You don't know it, and you sit down here. I was sweating at teaching it on Thursday. You didn't care to hear. If Jesus will stand before you and ask you, "Have you listened to that Bible study?" What will you tell Him? I don't need it, Lord. I'm too busy. No, Lord. Look, Lord, I mean, I'm trying. It's up to you. So God taught him faith by teaching him that what you see is what you get. And we see. We look. We really look. We look. So, and then the other thing you don't have to look at is, look at Romans 7, 5. When we were controlled by our old nature sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful things. Did you read that? When we were controlled by our own nature, when we were, before we got born again, sinful desires were at work within us. We had sinful nature. And the law aroused Is it not Bible? The law, what? Aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinfulness. So the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, you have this nature that is sinful by nature. So all it does is rebel and disobey. I showed you on Thursday that the scripture says that humanity hates God. That the world hates God. And they still do. So he said, when you give law to a... I was told that the reason they raise speed limits on all these uh, roads is because when they raise it, people break it. A mass. So they raise it some. And they break it some. Because man is rebellious by... So in some of the roads in California, they remove speed limit. You can now speed. Have you ever driven on Garden State Parkway? Have you ever observed the speed limit? I'm asking. You have never. God has proved himself. He said the law arouses sin. If you go to your house and lock one door and tell your children nobody should go here, do you know what will happen? You know where they will all go? It's that place. The law actually, God is honest. He said the law arouses the, the, the sinful. He said the law reveals to us that we're sinners, so it will lead you to Christ to be saved from it. So he says in 1 Corinthians 15:56, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. It strengthens sin. So the law is not sinful, it's holy. The problem is us, our nature, that is sinful. So now what God did, what I'm saying is that stop looking at the laws of Moses and start looking at where your deliverance comes from. If the Son shall set you free, you're saved indeed. Look at Jesus. Stop looking at laws of Moses. They are gone. We have been delivered from it. The Bible says that... As many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are what? So, so. so all sons of God are no more under the law. It can't arouse anything anymore in you. Because you are no more looking up to it. It can never anymore. So, because if we are not delivered from it, if we are looking at it as a means of achieving righteousness, it will not achieve righteousness. It will arouse sin in us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will be arousing sin. So what God did as children of God it says, Galatians 5:18, "But if you be laid of the spirit, you are no more under the law. So once you are no more under the law, that power of the law to arouse sinful desires in you is dead. So what did God do? God gave us His spirit, and what the spirit does is it arouses righteousness. It produces desire for righteousness. Praise the Lord. Philippians 2 13. For it is God who walketh in you. Now, see what God works in you. Both to. Both to. Both to. And. His what? But the Lord walketh in you to arouse sinful desires. But the Spirit of God works in you to arouse, to do the will of God. Both to will and to do. So you see. The Holy Spirit does the opposite of what the Lord does. That's why the Bible says you've been delivered from that law system and brought to as many as are led of the Spirit of God. They are now the sons of God. And if you are led of the Spirit, you are no more under the law. So when the Bible says you've been delivered from that system that arouses sin, you can understand that you have a better system that works in you now to will and to do of His good. So if you are not doing, it's now your. Am I shooting over your head? If you understand me, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Absolutely true. So Paul was praying that the believer will understand the greatness of this power that is working on him. To recognize it. There's a power that working in you. There's a power. The spirit of God. Don't be going and say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's not all. You must recognize what he's doing in you you must acknowledge what is doing in you. That's part of your faith system. It says you have overcome this world because the greater one is you. That's why you overcome this world. You don't overcome this world because you decide to be good. No, say because there's a power that worketh in you both to will and to do. And let me be say that's the power that deals with your flesh. So if your flesh wants to arise, you have power to subjugate it under the authority of Christ. You've been empowered. Many of you don't even know this. To some of you, I don't know whether it's Greek. Am I speaking Greek? Ephesians 1.15 Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, look at my prayer. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the gracious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. That's the prayer you should be praying for yourself. Verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. If you want to read reference to this confidence hope, you read Hebrews chapter 6 from verse starting to the end. it. I, I start my meditation every morning from reminding myself that without faith it's impossible. That's where I start. Hebrews 11, 6. I start there. Then I go to that Hebrew chapter 6 from verse 13. It's such a blessing. It, it, it equips you. It energizes you to trust the word of God for the day. Then verse, verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same power. Raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor, at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. That we should understand the greatness of divine power in you so that you stop fearing sin, stop talking about sin. You have something greater than it. Talk about righteousness. Talk about what that power can do. The Lord is my shepherd, and he leaded me where? I'm not hearing you. Yeah, he's... David said, even if I pass through the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Doubt me. He is with you. Why should we be talking of sin, in the world? Let them be in sin. You are not in sin. You are not born in sin. You have Christ in you. And he will cause you to overcome always the greatness of this power. The greatness of this power. Only the Spirit of God can reveal it to us. So that our faith in God will be unshakable, immovable, always abounding in the word of God. Praise the Lord. Are we making progress? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. So instead of going to know a prophet, know the power that's in you. You don't need a prophet. God has given you his spirit. It's working in you. You can do all this. You can resist the devil. People. Oh, you can put him where he belongs. The Lord was talking to me this way. He said, son, you no." He said, listen, all these scriptures you meditate upon and confess every day. He said, they're all yours. I say, yeah. He said, but you know you have to fight for them. He said, quoting and confessing is not enough. Because that rebellious spirit of Satan will try to put sickness on you. Because it's rebellious. He said, that's when you rise up and take the authority I gave you and put him where he belongs. Otherwise, he will steal the promise from you. He said, thief. Avoid perverse speech. Avoid what? Perverse speech. You can't be speaking unbelief. Unbelief is lies anyway. The truth is the word of God. You can't be lying. How many of us lie? A lot. Okay, let me remove a lot. Some lies, small. Okay, we, have, we lie. Gossip. Huh? Some fellowships are gossip fellowships. Let me tell you here and now. They give all they do is they giving prophecy. They want gossip. They, what they did to me in this country, I've never told you any story. They're shameless. What they said about me in this country that God, the Holy Spirit told them. And the person they were telling came to me and said, Pastor, these people are evil. You said, They called me and said that, you, that, you, that I'm going to use you, that you are going to use me, and you are going to dump me, you are going to this. And they didn't know you have already helped me to start a church. And they said, The Holy Spirit told them. When I don't look at them, I have a reason. They're evil. I can use the Holy Spirit to tell a lie. And the the brother said to me, Pastor, I sat there looking at me and my wife. Is this how these people were? You don't know Pastor Chinido at all. You don't know that man. He's already called me. He's been following me, begging. He said, I didn't want to leave him. He's the one pushing me to go. It happened. I I know them shameless absolutely no conscience seared with hot iron Proverbs 4:24 Avoid all perverse talk stay away from corrupt speech stay away from corrupt speech 25 Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Avoid corrupt speech. Don't follow people like that. They'll corrupt you. Avoid all perverse, perverse talk. James 3, 5. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing. And that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Verse 6, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. It says it can set your whole life on fire. Your life on fire. If you can, so why don't you be careful what it does, what you say? First Peter 13. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. But we lie. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. And walk to maintain it. This is how we talk. Ephesians, Lord. Okay. Ephesians 4. Okay. Ephesians 4.29. Let no... Thank you. Thank you.